We are learning the Sechan Hamisha Asar Ba'av in Chela Chavdalad of Lakote Sechais. And in the Secha, the Rebbe also makes a Siyum on Mesechta Tainus. So in the Mishnah, we learn that the day of Hamisha Asar Ba'av, as well as the day of Yom Kippur, were the most special days that didn't had in terms of celebration. The Mishnah says there were no Yomim Tovim like these two. And the Gemara discusses several reasons for why we have a Yom Tov, a special day on the 15th of Av, and we'll read them in the order that they are brought. Number one is the day that the tribes were allowed to marry into each other. We know from previous stories in the Chumash that the land of Eretz was split up according to the tribes, and when the daughters of Slavchad realized that their father had no son to inherit their Nachala, that would be theirs in Eretz Yisrael, they came to Moshe and a law was established that the daughter may inherit the land, the Nachala, the portion of her father. However, she must remain, she must marry only someone within her own Shevet so that the Nachala should not go away to another tribe. However, after Chachamim discussed and learned that this applied only to that generation, but in the future, on the 15th of Av, it was determined that the girls can marry into any shevet. So that's one thing that happened that caused great joy. The second thing that's brought here is that the tribe of Binyamin was able to come back to the community. So we learned this based on a story in the book of Shoftim towards the end, the story of Pelegesh Begiva, where a terrible tragedy was caused by the people of Binyamin, and the rest of the Jewish people reacted by banning them from ever marrying in, marrying into their families. They would not allow their children to marry into Shevet Binyamin. But then we learn that on the 15th of Av, this Gzeira was bottled, and the tribes were able to marry into each other without any restrictions. The third thing that's mentioned is that those who died in the Midbar after the sin of the Meraglim in the in the 40 years in the Midbar, 38 years that remained, they stopped dying on the 15th of Av. We also learned that this is the day that Hoshea ben Elah, who was a king of the 10 tribes, and he stopped a precedent that had been established by the first king of the 10 tribes, Yeravim ben Nevot, who did not want the Yidden to go to serve Hashem in the Beis Hamikdash, and he put up golden caps on the way, and he put up all kinds of guards that the Jews should not be able to get safely to Yerushalayim, and Hoshea ben Ela took this away, and this was on the 15th of Av. Also, we learned that this is the day that those who had been killed by the Emperor Adrianus, by Hadrian, after he quashed the rebellion of Bar Kochla, and he killed many, many, many people in the city of Betar, and he did not allow them to be buried. And, of course, this Xero was bottled on the 15th of Av when there was a new emperor who allowed them to be buried. And at the end, the Gemara brings the following statement. And what is the statement? That this is the day, in the name of two of the sages of the Gemara, that the Yidden stopped cutting wood for the fire on the Mizbeach for the Karbonos. And then 
Rabbi Eliezer says that from the 15th day and on, the power of the sun is weaker, and therefore they could not cut wood. They could not cut the trees to have wood for the fire on the Mizbeach, because once the sun is weaker, the wood would not be dry enough, and it would get wormy, and you're not allowed to use wormy wood on the Mizbeach. And this day had a special name. It was called Yom, the day Tvar Magal, that the Siths were broken. So if we look at all of these reasons, we just mentioned five of them, we understand why this day became a Yom Tov, because in each case, something good and beneficial happened for the Yidden. Either it was the fact that a certain decree, a not positive decree, was stopped, punishment was stopped. For example, those who died in the 40 years in the Midbar, and 38 years after left after Chet HaMiraglim, they stopped dying. Or the fact that a king made it possible that Jews should continue to go to Yerushalayim. Or a fact that Yidin who had been brutally murdered had not been allowed to be buried and were finally allowed to be buried. So these were all positive things and they brought benefit to the Jewish people. Or a lack within the Jewish society was filled. For example, that the tribes were able to intermingle and marry each other and the girl did not have to worry about having to remain within her own tribe. Or the Shevet bin Yamin, which had been sort of banned from the Jewish society, was once more welcomed into the Jewish community. But when we get to the last reason, that this was the day that they stopped cutting the wood for the fire on the Mizbeach, we have to try to understand why was this such a great reason for festivity, that this is one of the things that makes this day a Yom Tif. What is so special from the fact that we have to uh, stop cutting trees, wood, for the fire? That it's such a special thing that the day becomes a Yom Tif, and not just a Yom Tif, but such a great Yom Tif that it's included in the category that there never was a Yom Tif, a special by Yidin, as the 15th of Av. What happened, in essence, when they stopped cutting wood? It would seem that this wasn't such a positive thing because what happened, it would seem that this day they stopped doing something which was necessary for the daily service in the Beis HaMikdash. So what kind of Yom Tif is it? What kind of joy does it bring when we stop doing a service for the Beis HaMikdash, which seems to be that a service for the Beis HaMikdash is the greatest thing. And even more than that, not only is it a special Yom Tif, but we just mentioned when we read the different things that this day is not only Yom Tov, but it has a special name. It's the day when they broke the sits or the axes that were used for cutting the wood. And the question becomes even bigger because if we look at, we look it up inside, we see that Rebbe Eliezer, who said that we stopped cutting the wood for the Mizbeach, because the power of the sun was weakened. So what does it show? The power of the sun is a blessing. And here we're indicating that there was a weakness, a weakening or a lack in something good in nature, which brings benefit. In this case, that there should be wood for the base Hamikdash. So why is this, what kind of yom to visit when something positive stops functioning? And in addition to that, it's interesting that the opinion that we mentioned at the end, 
that this day is a yomtif because it comes to mark the day that they stop cutting wood for the Beis Hamikdash, for the Mizbeach. This is the opinion of the majority of various people. We have names are quoted in the Gemara that we learned, who said what of the different things. And in the case of this last thing, we have this in the name of three of the Chachamim of the Gemara, whereas in the others that we mentioned, each one of them is the opinion of a sole individual. So it seems to be that this must be the most basic reason for the great joy of Hamisha Asar Ba'av, even more so than the other reasons we mentioned. So this is how the Rebbe introduces the subject of the Sicha. In the next part of the Sicha, we will learn how different Mefarshim discuss this. So we'll learn what each one says from those who are brought here. So Rabbeinu Gershom says that what is the great significance of the day they stopped cutting trees for the fire on the Mizbeach? Because when they were cut, occupied in cutting wood for the Mizbeach, at the time that they were doing it, you cut wood and all the hours that are spent cutting wood you lose out, you can't be learning Torah, you're causing little Torah, Torah is not being studied. But that day they stopped cutting and therefore it became a yontif. Why was it a yontif? Because from this day on, they would now be able to sit and study Torah. And that's why this became a yontif. For many days you can't study and all of a sudden you could sit down and study. The Rajbam, however, says, why was this a special day? So these are the words. That day that they stopped cutting the wood, they were very much filled with joy because this day they completed mitzvah gedola kazos. What happened on the day they cut the wood? To cut the wood for the mizbeach, to enable the lighting of the fire for the bringing of the karbonos, is called mitzvah gedola. It's a very great mitzvah. So what happened, once we stop doing the mitzvah, it becomes a celebration. We find by Yidin, we're all very, very familiar with the fact that when one completes a mitzvah, for example, one completes a part of learning, one completes the reading of the Torah, it's a great cause for celebration. And when we complete a mitzvah, we celebrate. So it happened to be the 15th of Av, so it became a Yom Tif. And why does the Rajvam bring this and not follow the opinion that we mentioned the name of Rabbeinu Gershom because what it says in the words of Rabbeinu Gershom that from now on they would be able to learn Torah uh, it really relates to what's written that the Gemara says in connection with the subject of learning Torah after the 15th of Av from now on from the 15th of Av and on we continue adding in the study of Torah, but this is a something we have to do once the days start getting shorter, so there's more time to learn at night, and everyone is obligated to learn more Torah. But this is a lesson that Jewish people learn and are aware of, but it doesn't really answer the question uh, why, we, and in addition, especially since we say we have to add in learning at night because the, the days are shorter, so we have to add time in the learning at night, and this applies to everyone, and not only to those who cut the wood, especially since the cutting of the wood, like all the other avodos, all the other things that were done, 
to aid the service in the Beis Hamikdash. And the service in the Beis Hamikdash were not done at night, but they were done during the day. And it doesn't really seem so rational, doesn't seem to make so much sense that we should make, establish a yontif by the Jewish people based on the fact that there was a lack in Torah learning. Now we have to understand something else. When the Ramban says that when we stopped cutting the wood, Rashbam rather, it was the completion of a mitzvah gedola, of a great mitzvah. And why is it coming to explain? It wasn't just the completion of a mitzvah where we celebrate, but we read the words when we started that there were no yomim tovim for the Jewish people like Hamisha Asar Be'av, a very, very great and special yomtiv. Why is the cutting of the wood for the Mizbeach not just a mitzvah, but a mitzvah gedola that leads to such a great celebration afterwards? It doesn't even seem to be a mitzvah in its own right. It seems to fall into the category of what we call hechsher mitzvah. The mitzvah is to light a fire on the Mizbeach so we could do the avoda. But in order to light the fire, you have to have the wood. So the wood in itself, the cutting of the wood, doesn't seem like the mitzvah. It seems only to be a preparation for a mitzvah, that there should be wood when it will be needed and it cannot be uh, taken at a later date. And even when we do any mitzvah, like we do a siyum of a Sefer Torah, or we finish learning a part of the Talmud, or we finish learning the Mishnayis, or we finish learning the, the whole Shastra, whatever, we make a very, very great Simcha. And it's a very special time, but we don't call any of these occasions and any of these celebrations that there were no great celebrations like these. So what is really happening? What is so extraordinary about the fact that we finished cutting the wood on this day? So here, if we go to the end of what we learned, we're going to base this on another phrase that we mentioned, but we didn't discuss. That Rabbi Manasseh said, this day was called Yom Tvar Magal. What does that mean? The day that the Magal, the Sith, whatever tool it was that was used for cutting the wood, was broken. So if you look at some of the Mepharshim, what does that mean that the wood was broken? That on that day, uh, we did not need to use those tools to cut the wood anymore. But if we go into what the Rajbam says, the Rajbam says, Shenishburu ha kardumos. Nishburu means they were broken. Kardumos, the axe, what the axes that were used for chopping the wood were broken because they were not needed anymore to chop wood. What does that mean? Not so much the fact that it was broken that we just didn't use it anymore, there was no need for it, but they had to do an act and actually break them. And as Rashi explains, this word, Tvar Maga, literally means they broke them. Why do we have to say this? Why is it so important to understand that they were broken? So if it was just the fact that they stopped cutting the wood, so what does Rebbe Nasya say? It was called the day of breaking the, of not cutting wood anymore, breaking the axes. The fact that they stopped cutting the wood. But why do we have to call the day, not the day that they stopped cutting the wood, but the day that they actually broke their tools that were used for cutting the wood. Now we have to try to understand this. 
we would not need these tools until the next year when we would start cutting the wood again. Of course, uh, in the month of Nisan or whenever it was when the wood was pulled dry. But what does it mean? Why is that so important that the axes were broken and the whole holiday is a holiday because of this? It's called the day the axes were broken. Why did we have to break them? By Jews, everything has a reason and everything is based on Torah and we have a mitzvah in the Chumash and it's called Baal Tashchiz. We're not allowed to waste and just break things. So why did they have to break it? So if we say that we couldn't use it because we couldn't use it for other things, anything that's used for Kodesh, for the service of the Beis Hamikdash, for the service of Hashem, cannot be used for secular ordinary purposes so therefore they could not use it for things of whole for regular ordinary things but why did they have to break it perhaps they could have kept it and stored it to cut the wood the next year but now in the next part we're going to begin to understand what was so special about this and how does this relate to all the things we learned regarding this special yontif the different things that happened on this day, and what is the greatest of all these things that relates specifically to the breaking of these particular tools. So when Moshem of Gamliel says that there were no days for the Jewish people as festive as the 15th of Av, etc. It follows really in the Mishnah that talks about Tisha B'Av. What is Tisha B'Av? So we know that Tisha B'Av is the, the day of mourning in the Jewish year, every single year, we do not have a single day that is the exact opposite of joyousness of Yontif than Tisha B'av. And in connection with this, the Mishnah continues and concludes, if we're talking about something so negative, so sad, like Tisha B'av, so the Mishnah con- concludes and says, Loho yomim tovim li Yisrael, Nonetheless, there were no special days for Yidin of joy like Hamisha Asar Ba'av and Yom HaKippurim. So what do we see here? That it comes to tell us that the reasons for not having had a day as special as Tu Ba'av, this reason, all the reasons actually, are the complete antithesis of the things that did happen in Tisha B'av. So let's see. Let's go through the things we mentioned and see how they are really the opposite of what Tisha B'av represents. So we mentioned several things. We said that the people in the Midbar who followed the Miraglim, that whole generation, died. So that meant that these people would not go into Eretz Yisrael. Now the people could go into Eretz Yisrael. Or the day that the, those who were killed in Betar so cruelly and could not be buried, now they could be buried. So these things seem to contradict what Tisha B'av was, or rather seem to rectify what Tisha B'av is. So Tisha B'av was Xera, sorry, in the Midbar there was Xera, Tisha B'av, that they would not enter the land. That's when the Xera was made. And Tisha B'av, we know, Betar was conquered. So these two things take this away, Armavatl this, so to speak, nullify this, and therefore it's a yomtiv. What about the other reasons we mentioned? So the first thing we mentioned when we started the Sikha was a quote that said, this is the day that the tribes were allowed to marry each other. 
In other words, the fact that a piece of land, a property that one received upon entering the land, could not go from Shevet to Shevet, and now it could. What does this mean? This actually increases and helps us appreciate more what does it mean to go into Eretz Yisrael in fullest measure and to own the land in fullest measure, and why? And this would be the reason for why it's a yontif. So that explains like this: that as long as we had the prohibition of the portion of one tribe not being allowed to go over to another tribe, each portion that was received, the way it was divided, according to the way Hashem wanted it, when they entered the land. What does it mean? That if I own this piece of land, it belongs to my shevet, I'm the owner of it, but I don't really have control over everything that I could do with it because I'm not allowed to have it go to another shevet. Regarding the rest of Eretz Yisrael, it has no connection, not even an opportunity to go to another shevet. This is my land and the rest maybe is not. But when this was stopped, on the 15th of Av, everyone that has a piece of land, it could now be given over to another shevet. We can change, we can go and transfer the nachalos, and this means that my ownership of the land is much more complete. And this is similar, the Rebbe says, to the two ways of ownership that apply regarding Yidin with Eretz Yisrael. How do we have Eretz Yisrael? So Eretz Yisrael for Yidin can be considered a Yerusha, an inheritance, something which by right of birth belongs to us, or it can be considered a Matana, a gift. It doesn't belong to you by right, but you get it as a present because it's willed to you by someone in some way for some reason. So when we complete the inheritance, what does that mean? Those who get it, get their particular property that's theirs. But when you get a gift, a gift is something that doesn't have the limitations that it has to go only to a certain shevet uh, or to a certain place. Chazal tell us, Hanosein, if you give a gift, Matanos from the word Nosein, you give it with a good eye, you give it with benevolence, you give it in a magnanimous way. So Eretz Yisrael was given in a way that's complete. So even when we can't have a certain nachala because it has to say within our shevet, that's for the time that that applies. But the fact that Eretz Yisrael belongs to every single yid, it doesn't take away from that fact. Once that was changed, we see that the whole land is ours. So what do we see? We see in these two explanations or reasons for why Tuba is a yontif, right, we see right away that this is talking about the shleimos, the completion and perfection of entering the land, that we own the land, I've used the word balos, about we become masters of the land completely. Every single yid is an owner over the whole of Eretz Yisrael, and this became possible when the shvatim were allowed to intermingle and marry, intermingling meaning marrying one with another. Let's continue. And even though five things happened to our ancestors on Tisha B'Av, if we learn about Tisha B'Av, which we're not really learning 
all the things that happened on Tisha B'av in this Mishnah, in this Secha, we're learning about Chamisha Asar B'av, but we know that there are five terrible things that happened on Tisha B'av. We learned these things on Tisha B'av. And the first one is that Tisha B'av was the day when the decree that the Jewish people should not enter the land was made by Hashem. We also know that the main reason for the fast of Tisha B'av is because the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. So therefore, when the Gemara brings the main reason for the fact that there were no days of joy by the Yidden, no Yomim Tovim, like Tisha B'av, is because this is the day, which we said at the end of our discussion, that they paused, they stopped from chopping the wood for the fire on the Mizbeach. The wood from the fire on the Mizbeach, for the fire on the Mizbeach, represents the service in the Beis Hamikdash. It represents the fact that we have the land and we have the Beis Hamikdash in the land. So it represents the absolute opposite of the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. Because wood for the Mizbeach is related to what goes on when the Beis Hamikdash is standing. When we talk about the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, we really are referring to two things. One, Korban Habayis, that actual building, the actual structure of the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed and there is no longer the Beis Hamikdash and therefore we cannot do the service in the Beis Hamikdash. It also marks, Tisha B'av, marks the reason for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash, especially in the times of the second Beis Hamikdash, where the destruction was much more severe and much more terrible than the destruction of the first. We know that why was the Beis Hamikdash destroyed? And Chachamim tell us outright, there existed baseless hatred amongst the Yidin. And the opposite of these two things, the fact that the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed and the fact that there was baseless hatred amongst the Yidin, this is, ex the opposite of it is expressed with what went on, Hamisha Asar Ba'av, when we stopped cutting wood for the fire on the Mizbeach in the Beis Hamikdash. How do we understand this? So this is very, very interesting. We said in the beginning that the Gemara brings in the name of Rabbi Eliezer that Hamisha, from Hamisha Asar Ba'av, the days that follow, Tashash Kocha Shalchama. We mentioned this as a detail. Why do we have to cut the wood? Because afterwards, the sun is not as strong. The high point of the sun is over for the year, and you could not cut wood for the Mizbeach. Why does it matter to us that the, that the sun was not as strong? That's why that we couldn't cut wood for the Mizbeach anymore. Especially, it makes it even more difficult to understand what was the joy of stopping to cut the wood? We had no choice. We could not cut wood because wood that was moist could not go on the Mizbeach because it could have words which would disqualify it. So. There's just no choice. We had no option but to cut the, the wood before. But to understand this will give us a tremendous insight into everything we're learning. What happened? The fact that we cut wood and we finished, we stopped cutting the wood on this day, it accomplished 
that the entire year that follows until we could use the new wood, we would be able to bring on the Mizbeach every category of offering that a Yid could bring. So individuals could bring carbonos, uh, communal, communities could bring carbonos, voluntary carbonos, mandatory carbonos, every single kind of carbon that a Yid could bring whether it was for personal atonement, whether it was a gift, whether it was a mitzvah that we had to bring it to celebrate or whatever it is, it enabled that every single yid would be able to bring a carbo whenever he or she had to, as an individual or as a community. In other words, the fact that we cut the wood for the future service in the Beis Hamikdash is a manifestation of the mitzvah of tzedakah. What's tzedakah? When we make it possible for people to do the things they have to do in case they don't have the ability to do it, they don't have the means to do it. And the mitzvah of tzedakah we know, Chachamim tell us, Ishkula keneget kol ha-mitzvos. It's equivalent in its gravity to all the mitzvos. And in another place it says that when it says mitzvah without saying which mitzvah, just a mitzvah, it refers to tzedakah. And especially if this mitzvah is done in the most beautiful way, so then it becomes what we call mitzvah gedola. It's not just a mitzvah, every mitzvah is great, but this mitzvah gets called mitzvah gedola. And this is a tzedakah regarding the karbonos. What is the greatness of this mitzvah tzedakah regarding the karbonos? So we really have the following explanation. This mitzvah enables, in terms of quantity, enough wood that every single individual or an entire community of Jews, is, it is now possible for them to bring carbonos, whether it's personal carbonos or communal carbonos. And not only that, it's not only great in that there is enough for everyone, but also in terms of quality. What kind of tzedakah is it? If not for the fact that this tzedakah would be prepared, and this was the last day when it was done, there would not be any wood for the fire of the Mizbeach at all. And now we understand what Rabbi Eliezer said, when Rabbi Eliezer said that the reason for cutting the, finishing the cutting of the wood on this day so it could be stored, that from the 15th of Av, and on the weakness of the power of the sun is expressed. The sun, the light of the sun gets, the heat and light of the sun gets much weaker. And therefore, there is not enough wood worthy of the Besamikdash. And this shows how great is the cutting of the wood, which becomes completed by the day of Tuba of. And now we can also understand that what is really the shlemus, what is really the pinnacle, the absolute perfection and completion of building the Beis HaMikdosh? What is the purpose of the Beis HaMikdosh? So, we're all supposed to be learning the halachos of the Beis HaMikdosh now, and the Rambam says like this, what is the Beis HaMikdosh? Bayis Hashem, it's a house for Hashem. Muchan lihios makrivim boha korbonos. It's a house that's ready for us to offer up offerings, karbanos to Hashem. And this becomes possible, and this becomes 
completed and perfected specifically on the 15th of Av, because on that day we complete the cutting of the wood for the fire, and this is what enables the Beis Hamikdash to fulfill its purpose, which is the purpose, according to the way the Rambam explains it, to bring carbonos. And there is wood for all the carbonos from the Hamisha Asar Ba'av on until Chodesh Nisan in the following year when we can start cutting the wood again. Now we have to answer the question that we did not answer at all. And here we're going to have a fascinating lesson into what it means to be a Yid, to have the Beis Hamikdash, and what kind of life we lead that leads to the coming of Mashiach. So Reb Menasya, who was the last person quoted here, said that this day, when we make this great Yontif, is called Yom Tvar Mago, the day that the axes or the scythes, whatever was used to cut the wood, those tools were broken. And when we stopped cutting the wood, what did we accomplish? We accomplished a greater depth and a greater perfection in the actual base Hamikdash itself. Not only through the fact that by having wood stored for the remaining months that we would need it, does the base Hamikdash become a place where we could readily offer up our carbonos? But the Mishnah says the following thing, and I think it's familiar to many of us, that when the Beis Hamikdash is built, it says that no iron, no tool of iron may be used for the stones of the Mizbeach, and no iron may actually even touch the stones of the Mizbeach, because if a piece of iron touches any of the stones from which the, the Mizbeach would be built in the Beis Hamikdash, it would become puzzled. Why? Why can a piece of iron, a tool of iron, even touch the base Hamikdash? So these are famous words. Iron was created to shorten a person's life. It's used for weapons. But the Mizbeach was created to extend, to lengthen the life of a person, the days of a person. So Reb Menasya, by saying this, he adds, and according to the way Rashi and Rashbam explained, by saying that this is the day that the tools for the cutting of the wood would be broken. What is the great superior quality of the 15th of Av when we stop cutting the wood for the fire on the Mizbeach? Not only that we accomplish what we call the preparation for a mitzvah, a heksher mitzvah, and of course we can't use it afterwards because it was used for something Kodesh and uh, it's a mitzvah gedol of tzedakah as we said that the Beis Hamikdash should become a place that is ready at any moment for you to bring a carbon. But more than that, this is actually the ultimate goal and purpose of building the Beis Hamikdash and the bringing of carbonos on the Mizbeach and the, by the Beis Hamikdash, because what's the whole purpose of the Mizbeach? Nivra. It was created for one reason, Laharich Yamav Shaladam, to extend the days, the life of a person, through the bringing of Karbanos. And this expresses the fact that this particular day, the day when we finish cutting, we complete our cutting of the wood 
even before we bring them to the Beis Hamikdash and we put them on the fire. All these days uh, that follow are all based on the fact that this is the day that we finish and we break those tools already on the 15th of Av. What do we accomplish? That we break, we nullify the opposite of that which the Mizbeach stands for. The Mizbeach stands for life and extending life. And iron, which is not allowed to touch that Mizbeach, was created to shorten the days of a person's life. And that's why these tools were broken. Again, the Rebbe says, in a literal sense, being that from then on, we don't have to cut wood for the fire on the Mizbeach and the uh, and we don't need those tools anymore and the tools that we use for chopping the wood were created for the purpose of lessening the life of a person so certainly the most worthy thing to do would be that it should be broken because it has no purpose anymore we're now dealing only with the extension of life and not the opposite and this is how the Rebbe concludes the Sikha with this powerful lesson for each and every one of us. That according to what we just learned, the innermost content of the 15th day of the month of Av really is all about achdus, really is all about unity amongst the Jewish people, everyone being together as one. The opposite of the baseless hatred and the rectification of the baseless hatred that the Jewish people had, that really was the ultimate cause of the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash. And now we can understand that the Yantif and joy of the 15th of Av is in what is discussed, not really, we don't really learn it in the Sikha, but it's discussed in the context of this Nesechda, that what happened on this day, that Benos Yerushalayim Yotzos V'cholos Bikramim. This was the day, similarly Yom Kippur, but now we're talking about uh, the 15th of Av, what was the theme of the day that the daughters of Yerushalayim, the, Judas, the, the Jewish girls, would go out v'cholos and they would dance in a circular dra- dance in the vineyards and they would not take note of any of the different qualities that existed amongst them. There were all types of girls, the Gemaralists, different qualities, for example, some were very beautiful, some came from very great families, etc. And which we learn over there that they all not really paying any attention to what separated them one from another, but really attending only to the fact, tuning into the fact that they were all one. They went together in one dance, in one circle. The Rebbe uses the words Bishalom in peace, the Achdos and in unity. And more than that, how did they present themselves? So the Gemara says, Bichli lovan she'ulin shalo levayesh esmisha einlo. When these young women went to dance, they did not wear their own garments. They borrowed from one another so that the one who doesn't have the nice enough garment should never feel embarrassed. And the Gemara goes, tells us a very interesting thing. How did they borrow the clothes? So according to what we learn in the Gemara here, we learn that the daughter of the king would borrow it from the daughter of the Kohen Godel, who would borrow it from the daughter of the assistant Kohen Godel, and so on and so forth, all the way down. 
which showed that everybody was the same and nobody stood out as being less or more than anybody else. And this kind of behavior brings out even more than ever and even more in a way that is more powerful than ever the shleimus, the completion, the beauty, the perfection of the shalom and achdos that what happens? How did it work? One borrowed from the other. And in other words, each one had to subjugate herself to a lower level of uh, garments that she would borrow from another one so that the one from below and the one from above would all be equal. And this is the actual end of our sicha. What is the seam of this Masechta after all of these discussions? That in the future, Hashem will make a dance for all of the tzaddikim. And Hashem will be sitting amongst all of them in Gan Eden. And each one will point with their finger and say, this is our God. In other words, that will be the time of the ultimate unity and integration of all the Yidden together, as we know, it speaks about the Tzadikim, and we learn in the Novid, that Fa'amech Kulam Tzadikim, every single Yid is the category of Tzadik together, as it is explained in other places. And these are the Rebbe's final words in the Sicha. And Bayom Hahu, that day, Vamar Bayom Hahu, when this will happen, and each one will turn to Hashem and recognize Hashem, it will be La'asid Lavo, it will be the ultimate uh, fulfillment of the breaking of the axe, the breaking of the tool that's made of iron that indicates something that doesn't really show on extending life in the whole world, as we know from the famous Pasuk in Nabi, that at that point, all the people in the world will crush and break their swords into plowshares, into useful tools for farming, etc. One nation will not raise a sword to the other. And we will finally have the essential fulfillment of the fact that the whole purpose is not to take away from the life of a person, but laharich yom of shel adam, which is the expression we were using all along, laharich milasham long, to extend the days of adam of man, and we all know that adam is the highest level of man, and we know that this refers to the arichus yamim, the long days, the infinite days and years, and the time of tchias hamesim, laasid lavo, when Call Yisrael, every single Jew will have his and her share in Olam Haba, as it says, we're mentioning it again, Va'amir Kulam Tzadikim, and this is the last sentence, Azoy as Aleidin, the Rebbe says. Every single Yid will partake, will participate in this dance for the Tzadikim that Hashem will make in the future. Bimheira, Viyameinu Mamish, Amen, may we merit to experience this way before Tisha B'Av in our very own time. Thank you.